your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm gonna suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Adam Sank? She's a whore. Why would anyone listen to her? Hey, that's me. I'm Adam Sank, and welcome to my show. We are live, if you're listening live, at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, November 13th, 2021 at dnrstudios.com. The only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Don't forget to download the DNR Cast app. Leave us your ratings and reviews. It's been quite a few weeks since we've gotten a review. And once again, if you think you've left one in the past... Just check and make sure it's really there because Apple Podcasts is a shady cunt. Um, anyway, yes, leave those ratings and reviews. Email me, me, at admitadamsank.com. Call and speak to us live on the Ass Hotline right now. 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Get your official ass merch at adamsank.com. We sold a t-shirt this week, Ryan. Also... I don't know why I should even need to say this, but please, if you have not gotten vaccinated, do so immediately. Don't be a dumbass like Aaron Rodgers. Shade. Our guest today is uh, the fabulous and uh, somewhat notorious adult video star Jack McEnroth. He's a favorite uh, of the ass. He was uh, on once before in 2018. We had his former and possibly current partner Dolph Dietrich on several weeks ago, and now we will be getting all the tea from Jack. But first, it is time for me to introduce a man who is shoving bagels into his mouth, sipping coffee. Uh, he's wearing quite a little ensemble today that can only be described as a um, sort of a, a, a gay uh, mafia tracksuit. Please welcome Ryan Frostig. Hello, hello, here I am. Back, 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 back again. Explain your outfit. Um... Well, I'm basically becoming my boyfriend, and my look today is serving techno goth leisure couture. All right, I'll buy that. Yeah. I'm, I've also been in, uh, influenced fashion wise by my boyfriend. I showed up for dinner the other night with some friends, and I had a, I had the handlebar mustache and the hoop earrings, mm -hmm. and I was wearing like um, I think I was wearing my chambray shirt and my Doc chambray. Martins, and they were like, "Who are you?" Ooh. Is she? Who is she really? Really? They're like, you've become so Brooklyn. And I'm like, I know. Um, That's what happens. I'm also truly a pig in shit because <laughs> I am feasting on the most delicious bagel with my favorite hoochies. Yes, thank you. And speaking of hoochies, JB Bercy, the queen of fuckery, joins us as always. Hola. Uh, JB has been struggling mightily with the technical aspects of the show ever since we got this new soundboard. We hope that we sound good. Um, if you're out there listening, maybe just give us a sound check. 804 talk ass. Tell us uh, how we, we sound great to ourselves. Oh, I think we sound lovely, gal. Pero nadie sabe. Um, okay, couple things to chat about. First of all, Ryan and I were on the air uh, last Wednesday. 
Was that last Was that a Wednesday, Wednesday or a Thursday? It was a Thursday. I, I can't keep track these days. We were not on this show. We were on the Derek and Romaine show. We did a Derek and Romaine takeover for an hour. And uh, not only is that available to DNR Studio subscribers, but... And, and it's, it's a big, big butt. butt. Jinx. I put it up as a bonus episode on all of the free streaming platforms. So if you're a freeloader who doesn't pay for a subscription, which you should, um, check out the episode. It was fun. We talked about our Halloween shenanigans. We talked about bad dates. Mm. And we took listener phone call. <laughs> Singular. See what you, I see what you did there. From Daniel. Yeah. So, damn, um, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. So take a listen to that. Um, also, a couple other things. John from Dallas uh, sent me a dick pic. First one Ooh, I've gotten in a while. Oh, yeah, he had a very nice penis. It was a big, thick dick. I, there's yeah. something about Texas. So, you know what they say. It really is true. They grow big dicks in Texas. And it's like, hey, sis, I'm <laughs> here for it. <laughs> JB is ready to taste your Texas tea, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was the, really the first dick pic in a while. And it was a good one, too. It wasn't like a bad one. Yeah. It was a good one. We appreciate. We appreciate you. Please send more. Thank you so much. Hashtag dick, dick pic lovers. I also have to thank listener Mark M. I don't know if he wants his whole name out there. Mark um, not only bought a T-shirt this uh, week, but he, he gave me a cash tip. Ooh. A very generous cash tip. What did you have to do for that? Apparently, he did it because he liked our bonus episode so much, the DNR Takeover, wow. that he just really enjoyed it. You see? And if you want to know where your share of the money is, you two, um, you're eating them right now. <laughs> there you go. Thank it's you. The, I buy beagles. It's the circle I of I buy life. beagles every week. Uh, it's the circle of bagels oh also another i've been getting a lot of fan feedback lately a a listener named lysander uh sent me a image of a comic book showing superman hanging out with robin so superman does hang out with robin sometimes i was mocked by both of you for saying that really yes i I don't remember me mocking you like i feel like i i felt like i Maybe I was to pay attention to what you actually said because honestly, <laughs> I do that. I do that a lot. Yeah, too. I was doing Not other things. I, I would have mentioned that Superman and Superman's son are also friends with Robin, but it's the Robin who was Batman's son. Well, clearly, I meant to say Batman, but um, you guys were like Batman. You were like Superman. Superman's never with Robin, and so Lysander sent me a, a an I, I image know. to show me that yes, they do hang out together yeah, sometimes. Yeah. There you go. And by hang out, <laughs> they. You know. Fuck. They they rim each other. Robin's got a tasty hole. Um, speaking of comic books, uh, let's do recommended viewing. Hit it, Gail. Oh. JB's putting ketchup uh, on his bagel. Yes, bitch. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks. Thank you, Gail. Um, so I'm going to recommend a show that's a few years old that I never thought I would be watching, but said boyfriend... Patrick told me I needed to start watching it, so we watched a few episodes together, and I love Riverdale. Oh. I know I'm really late to the table here. You know, I read Archie Comics as a child. I was the last generation to read Archie Comics. I read them exclusively. Wow. But they were very wholesome Mm -hmm. and nostalgic. They They were set in the 50s, even though it was the 1970s when I was reading them. This show is dark as fuck. Yeah. It's like Gossip Girl meets Dawson's Creek with a hint of Twin Peaks. It starts with a murder. Mm-hmm. And the kids on it are great actors. It's beautifully shot. The boy who plays Archie, mm. <sighs> yes, his name's like K.A. Kappa or something. He's New Ze- from New Zealand, but you can't tell because of the 
American I accent. I believe I re I remember uh, back in my um, AOL build days, the cast came through for mm. for a recording, and there were some cuties there. Oh my God! There's some hotties, and then there's an openly gay guy, Kevin, who actually has sex. He has sex with straight guys sometimes. Oh. This is not a show for kids, but it is a show for me. Great. Also, quick shout out to uh, the Broadway musical revival Caroline or Change, which I watched last night. First Broadway show I've seen since the shutdown. So beautiful. Such a masterpiece. Um, the show was originally staged in 2003. It's by Tony Kushner, who wrote Angels in America, and Janine Tesori, mm. who wrote the music for Fun Home, Thoroughly Modern Millie. Uh, so many great shows. It's and just a, such an amazing duo. It's so good. I'm seeing uh, it tonight. Yes, you're going to love it. Ryan, go ahead. So last night, we watched the new documentary on HBO called 15 Minutes of Shame. Oh. And it's produced by Monica Lewinsky. Yes. And directed by the gray-haired guy from Catfish, Max. Oh. What's his name? Yeah, the cutie. Not Nev. Right. But what's his name? Nev. Not, Not Nev, but Max. Yeah, yeah. the cute guy. Um, and it was just really fascinating because I've been thinking about this for so many years, just about like cancel culture and shame culture and just how much the internet has ruined um, society and social yeah. media. And, um, you know, it opens talking about Monica Lewinsky's situation and how awful people treated her in the in the press and you know um she was really the first person to be canceled yeah um publicly and so yeah i would definitely recommend it it's a good hbo i mean they really they're the maxed originals are really great these days they... i love monica and her 2013 ted talk which was on this same topic is very inspiring and important if you want to look that up also i just finished impeachment American Crime Story Impeachment on FX, really, really well done. Um, I found out so many things I didn't know, and I thought I knew everything about the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. And, you know, she executive produced that as well. And she's an amazing person because every person in that miniseries, with the possible exception of Ken Starr, um, comes off as a fully formed three-dimensional human being. Nobody's a villain. Nobody's a hero. Everyone is just deeply flawed. Even Linda Tripp comes off sympathetically. You feel bad for her. Uh, so I just think Monica is an incredible person. And I think uh, there are a few people on my Facebook who were saying cunty things like, she's a fucking whore and she knew what she was doing and she seduced the president. That and I'm is like, so tired and late. You are caught in like 1998 thinking. Like you need to learn some things because you don't know the fucking story. Uh, JB. Oh, hi. So I have... Um... I'm gonna say two. It's the first time for everything. Yeah. All right. So I just started because I'm a binge watcher. I usually things finish. So I just started watching the new season of Doom Patrol. I really fucking love it. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Really, it's a really good fuck you show. <laughs> and also, it counts how many, there's a fuck countdown. So it counts how many fucks they say per season. And it's great. They're up to 200 fucks already. I. Love it. Oh, my. So, and then also, um, they released a show on Netflix called, uh, it's, it's a show that I will, that I play video games off called, called League of Legends, but it's called Arcana, and that's a really good show, too. New episodes drop every Saturday, like three, three episodes per Saturday, and 
Wow. I'm hooked. Yeah. So for you sci-fi genre uh, video game people, Doom Patrol and Arcana. Yeah. Thank you, JB. Um, All right. Well, we start with really exciting and good news this week, which is that a functional HIV cure will soon begin human trials. Now, what is a functional cure? A functional cure means that after you get this treatment, there could still be small amounts of the HIV genome present in your body, but not enough to test positive for HIV. Um, So it basically renders you undetectable forever, theoretically. Um, This is called EBT 101, and it was developed in partnership with researchers at Temple University and a drug company called Excision. Um, It involves cutting out several pieces of the HIV genome which the company believes will render it incapable of mutating inside the human body. This would be a one-time treatment, um, which would eliminate the patient's need to utilize any antiretroviral therapy. So people like me who are POS would no longer have to take my pill every day or get my blood tested or worry about anything, really. Just get this treatment and you're done. Um, The trial is going to include people like me who have already controlled their HIV using antiretroviral therapy. Participants will receive one dose of EBT-101 and subsequently remain on their regular pills for three months, after which they will stop the pills and be monitored for the return of the virus. The World Health Organization still considers HIV to be a global epidemic. In 2020, there were 37.7 million people living with HIV and 680,000 deaths. Wow. Since the epidemic began, 79.3 million people have been infected and 36.3 million have died. That is mind-blowing. 36.3 million people in the world are dead from HIV. Um, It is mostly concentrated now in Africa, and this is a really staggering statistic. One in every 25 adults in Africa lives with HIV. That is just unacceptable. So this could really change everything. This could be like such a game changer because again, the pills are expensive for many people. People don't have access to regular healthcare. Uh, If you could have a clinic that you could go into and get this one treatment and never have to worry about it again. I mean, that is huge. It's miraculous. Meanwhile, Pfizer has announced uh, a new COVID pill, a COVID-19 pill, which they say should be used in combination with a widely used HIV drug. Taken together, these two drugs cut the risk of hospitalization or death by COVID by 89% in high-risk adults who've been exposed to the COVID virus. The HIV drug is really old. It's from 1996. It's called uh, Norvir. Uh, The generic name is uh, Ritonavir. And I guess they were just testing everything to see what would work best with this new COVID pill. Uh, The treatment consists of 30 pills given over five days. That's 10 pills of Norvir, which helps the Pfizer uh, COVID drug remain active in your body longer. Merck has also come out with a uh, COVID pill that's been widely praised in in, in tests. Um, Their treatment is 40 pills over five days. So yeah, so now Pfizer and Merck both have these pills that are very effective, apparently, for treating COVID at the first sign of illness. Um, You know, this fucking COVID thing isn't going anywhere. 
It's just not. I don't know if you saw that, like, after dropping and dropping and dropping, now the caseload is rising again in the United States. We just can't get rid of it. So I think treatments like these are just going to have to be the way to go. We cannot stop this fucking thing from spreading, but at least we can render it basically powerless. Yeah, I mean, I I told you this a couple days ago, um, but one of my best friends, uh, Liz, who you know, um, her dad just passed from COVID. I mean, he was vaccinated he had gotten his booster shot this is this is a deadly virus and you know we'd like to think we're protected and yes we should all be getting vaccinated that's like no no question no argument there but even then i mean hey i got it yes and And you were really 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 sick yeah i mean i wasn't dangerously sick but it was the sickest i've been that i can remember so we definitely have to continue to take this seriously but also it is really cool to see the hiv drugs um and and i feel like we've been seeing this over the past couple months where you know because of the covid19 um pandemic there has been these studies for hiv like there's there's growth happening yes you know what i'm saying yeah no there's been tremendous science done over the last two years um and the covid science has helped hiv science and the hiv science has helped the covid science exactly so we're learning basically we're learning more about viruses and how to fucking kill them and treat them yeah and which is going to be important because this is not going to be the last microbe to come wandering out of a bat cave like there's going to be more and by the way stop eating animals everyone we could really put an end to most viruses if people just fucking stopped eating animals yeah that's my rant for today um meanwhile we had an election day since the last time we were on the air. Oh, yes. And it was pretty fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I will say in my home state of New Jersey, where it looked like the Democrat might lose, mm-hmm. he actually won. Thank God. Um, Chris Murphy, Governor Murphy, won by about 60,000 votes, which is really close. And Too close for comfort. Shitarelli, his opponent, wh- who people thought was going to be a Trumper and say, like, oh, widespread fraud. He actually conceded yesterday and said there was no fraud. Thank God. Thank you. But in Virginia, uh, uh, What's-His-Face was defeated. Mm-hmm. At, well, what's the Democrat's name? Oh, God. Terry... Terry... Terry Hatcher. <laughs> it was Terry Hatcher. <laughs> Just kidding. Was defeated. And, Terry uh, McAuliffe? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. And the Republican, Youngkin fucking won and didn't just win but won by a lot one got way more votes across virginia than trump got when he uh in t- when he ran in 2020 so a, re- a terrible warning signs for democrats as we head into a midterm election next year but i'm here to give you the good news about the election as i do every year after election day good news because there were bright spots among the significant losses listen to this so many lgbtq candidates won their elections that for the first time ever there are now, there will now be over 1,000 out LGBTQ elected officials in the U.S. That's JB's not amazing. paying attention, so I'll just hit the applause myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I didn't ask for it on the rundown. I'm just being a cunt. Um, so here's just a few highlights. In Montana, Kansas, Georgia, Ohio, and North Carolina, LGBTQ candidates won elections and firsts of all kinds on Tuesday. To, on Tuesday, 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 Tuesday Wells, the LGBTQ Victory Fund was uh, okay. Blah 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 blah. Here's some important wins in Montana. The first Black LGBTQ official in state history was elected when Christopher Coburn won his race for the Bozeman City Commission, which I guess is like City Council. 
Ohio elected its first ever trans official when Dion Manley won a position on the Gahana Jefferson School Board. New York City added a historic six LGBTQ officials to its city council, including my representative, Eric Botcher, mm. whose ass I would like to lick. Ooh, Eric, if you're really listening. tasty. Pennsylvania elected the, its first non-binary, oh no, the first non-binary judge in the U.S., their name is Xander Orenstein, and they spell Xander just like my nephew, X-A-N-D-E-R. So first non-binary judge in the U.S. Massachusetts elected the first non-binary official in state history when Thu Yuin won a seat on the Worcester City Council. Utah, this blew me away. Utah elected two new LGBTQ members to the Salt Lake City Council, which means four out of the six seats now uh, are, uh, of the Salt Lake City Council are now held by LGBTQ people. Wow. In they Salt the Lake fucking city. And that's one of the largest city cities in the country that has a, a queer uh, majority. Several already serving queer leaders won re-election on, on uh, election day as well, including five members of the Virginia House of Delegates. Delegates, it's a hopeful sign for the Commonwealth of Virginia amid its election of Youngkin. Among those reelected was Danica Rome. You'll remember her. She made history as the first out trans person ever elected to state legislature. And now she becomes the longest serving trans official as she embark embarks on her third term. It should be noted, she's in a swing district. She's not in a heavily democratic dis district and she had a tough challenger and she beat him. Work. Uh, another history-making trans official, Andrea Jenkins, was re-elected to the Minneapolis City Council. Um, we are still underrepresented. Uh, Gallup found that 5.6% of the U.S. population overall identifies as LGBTQ, um, but we, we only uh, represent 0.19% of elected officials across the country. So we have a long way to go, but 1,000 out officials for the first time in history so congratulations to us. What time is it? Mazel. Mazel. That's my mazel of the day. Mazel puzzle. So uh, here's another first. The first out lesbian has been confirmed to the federal appeals court. This is great news. Her name is Beth Robinson. Um, and here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Robinson. You're a lesbian and a federal judge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But here's what sucks. Before she was confirmed, her, her vote was 51 to 45. Um, it came with no debate on the Senate floor, but it followed an unusually crass interrogation of the nominee on paper. They're allowed to submit questions, the senators are, to nominees. And their questions were so fucking offensive. Here's what Republicans asked her. How many biological sexes do you think there are? Do you think it is, it is appropriate for an individual to threaten a six-year-old with a box cutter by telling her that he would kill her in her sleep? I, I don't even know what that's a what reference that even to. Mean? What the? Uh, she answered every question. Um, she was asked. They asked her whether she's ever represented a terrorist at Guantanamo Bay. Robinson has been serving on the Vermont Supreme Court since 2012. Prior to that, she was involved in several prominent legal challenges seeking equal marriage rights for same-sex couples. She played a key role in the litigation that won the nation's first civil union designation in Vermont in 2000. She later served as chief legal counsel to then-Vermont Governor Pete Shumlin, who nominated her to Vermont's highest bench. She's an impeccable person with great credentials, and they're just trying to fucking fundraise. 
from their hideous base, as always. Cunts. Bunch of cunts. Wait. Shut up, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find it. Shut up, cunt. Did we really just get to the last story? Oh, no, I have a few more stories. Few more. Okay. So um, Halloween has come and gone. Yes. Once again, if you want to hear Ryan and I recap our Halloween shenanigans, you can listen on either dnrstudios.com, the DNR Cast app, or on wherever you listen to this podcast. This story is hilarious. Crazy story. Um, but uh, one last Halloween story about Adam Rippon, who we haven't talked about for a while, the former Olympian uh, openly gay ice skater. He, I think he wins for best Halloween costume. He went as Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. <laughs> he posted photos of himself to Twitter and Insta sporting a bloodied bandage around his upper arm and a comically swollen pair of testicles, along with a vaccine card bearing his name and vaccine shot status. The outfit was inspired by uh, Minaj's infamous Twitter post in September explaining why she didn't attend the Met Gala. She said it was because uh, organizers insisted that the attendees be vaccinated, and Minaj tweeted, My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. Fact checkers subsequently found no record of anyone reporting swollen testicles following vaccination in Trinidad. The country's health minister even publicly criticized Minaj's comments as inaccurate and misleading. Uh, meanwhile, Rapon's tweet, Rapon's tweet, Rippon. has been liked over 110,000 times and had 15,000 retweets. I it's printed out the picture for you guys. Amazing. I think I would have gone bigger with the balls. I think I would have had like yeah. soccer balls hanging out, basically. But it's a great idea, and also the legs look great. Yeah, he's hot. You can't see the giant vaccine card he had mm -hmm. next to him it said i i would have had i don't know if you guys seen south park but there was one episode of south park where stan's dad got cancer just to get free weed and he had these huge balls i went with the wheelbarrow ball yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> on his oversized vaccine card the, it was really funny it said like the name of the vaccine was modernatron <laughs> like oh. everything was bullshit uh Rippon's costume this year follows last year's outfit, which was inspired by Cardi B. Uh, he went as his interpretation of a WAP, a wet ass pussy, and it was basically him like dressed as a cat peeking out of a bathtub. <laughs> He's very funny. Meanwhile, in the great state of Missouri, which I think is how the people who live there say it, uh, Missouri. A Missouri high school senior has just become the state's first ever male homecoming queen. Yes, queen. And he's fabulous. I didn't print this picture out, but you should Google this. He was wearing this yellow gown for his coronation. That was quite fabulous. Uh, this happened in Columbia, Missouri. We've got a little bit of sound from it. Here with us tonight, uh, this is homecoming is the Bruin Bear. Yes, Ryan's holding up the picture. You basically can hear every girl screaming her guts out. I'm sure they were thrilled by this. I don't think the boys were, were quite as thrilled. But his name is Zachary Wilmore. He's a senior at Rockbridge High School. Um, he chose to run for queen rather than king. 
In October, he posted a poll to his Instagram page asking followers uh, to vote as to whether he should seek the title of king or queen. The poll said overwhelmingly that it should be queen. This is not the first time Wilmore has challenged his school's preconceived notions about gender. Um, He's challenged the school dress code multiple times, wearing femme or abstract outfits. He said teachers were allowed to make the call of what was appropriate. Many times I did feel like they could target students, and I did feel targeted in some scenarios. Um, A school official confirmed that they are working with the school to develop a more up-to-date dress code. As for his duties as queen, Zachary posted a video to his TikTok account about his big win. It shows the school cheerleading squad, of which Zachary is a member, rushing to the field to congratulate him. That's what we just heard. So to borrow a phrase, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Uh, Beat you to it. No, my thing is she's a cheerleader too. God damn it, Buffy. Why you got to have everything? I think it's great. Good, good for her. I you know I kind of wish it was the nerd who won homecoming queen, but that's just me. Um, but it was the popular bitch. Yeah, he doesn't look like a nerd to me. He looks. Yeah, like, it was the popular yeah. cheerleader whore, serving, slaying, doing the damn thing. And I've seen her TikToks, and she's like, "You're just pretty, and I fucking hate you." Oh. Um, Jack is running late. And we are actually done with stories. Oh. (laughs) Now we've come to the part of the show where we do a little improv, I suppose. So I will, um, I'm going to do a story that we were going to do next week. Because I just happen to have everything right here. And it is about Kim Cattrall. Oh, yes. Samantha from Sex and the City. There's something happening with men in the ass. So as I'm sure all of you know, if you're gay... Uh, there's a new Sex in the City reboot series happening on HBO called I Couldn't Help But Wonder. And just like oh, that. Oh, and just like that. Um, and there will be no Samantha. Kim Cattrall refused to do the show. She hates Sarah Jessica Parker for reasons that have never been clear. Um, and there was a lot of uh, – hold on. Could someone just text Jack back? He's kind of freaking out. Okay. There's been a lot of speculation that they're going to kill Samantha off. And they're, they, they're – they're, there was a behind-the-scenes uh, photo taken of them uh, staging a funeral for the new series. So everyone just thought, like, oh, my God, Samantha's dead. That's how they're getting rid of her. Well, a source told, I think it was Variety this past week, that no, Samantha is not dead. The way they're going to explain it is that Carrie and Samantha have had a falling out after Carrie fired Samantha for being her publicist. And Samantha, like, never spoke to her again. But – Carrie wants the friendship back. She just doesn't want her to be her publicist, and she is keeping the door open for her if she decides to come back. And it's literally art imitating life because the producers have told Kim Cattrall, you can come back anytime you want. Deja vu. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying deja vu because fit like I felt like this moment has happened. I see this moment. You've said this. And I know this is the first time doing the story, but I've heard this before. Like, well, we have been doing the show for like four years. I know it's it's all starting to repeat and recycle. No sense. Okay. <laughs> well, meanwhile, it's just been announced that Kim Cattrall will be joining Peacock's new reimagining of Queer as Folk as a recurring guest star. The highly anticipated Queer as Folk comes from creator Stephen Dunn and executive producer Jacqueline Moore. Uh, the Emmy nominee, Cattrall, will play a character described as a martini-soaked 
high society southern debutante with trailer park roots. Um, Cottrell is currently shooting the Hulu series How I Met Your Father, the follow-up to How I Met Your Mother, and recently wrapped a film about my father with Robert De Niro. So she's doing just fine. She really is. And to be honest, this is a huge slap in the face. Because Queer as Folk, <coughs> excuse me, Queer as Folk was on at the same time as Sex and the City. So Correct. it feels very much like, you know, she she could have gone with the reboot of the show that, right. you know. She was like, fuck you, Sex and the City. I'm doing the Queer as Folk franchise reboot. Yeah, which the cast looks really good for, by the way. Yes, well, the production for Queer as Folk is currently underway in New Orleans. Um, Peacock's Queer as Folk will explore a diverse group of Louisiana residents who lives, whose lives are transformed in the aftermath of a tragedy. Cottrell joins previously announced cast members Devin Way from Grey's Anatomy, Finn Argus from Clouds, Jesse James Keitel from Big Sky, Candace Grace from Acts of Crime, Johnny Sibley from Hacks. He's hot. Is he the yeah the, the, the agent? He is the like boyfriend of the agent. He's the water guy. Oh, he is hot. He's really hot. Yum. Um, and, and he was on Pose too. And Ryan O'Connell, who they say was on Special and Will and Grace. Oh yeah, he is. Um, does he have Asperger's? He's the one that, like, the special. What was he on Will and Grace? I don't know. Probably on the reboot. He also serves as a writer and co-executive producer of the series. So um, yeah, that will be exciting, if and when it happens. And have you seen the? 30 minute trailer for and just like that that just was no released. tell me everything oh my goodness well um i don't know if we've actually talked about this on the pod but it was highly speculated when they announced um sarah ramirez's casting on the show that she'd be playing a non-binary person and right you know working with carrie there was speculation that she they would be the love interest of Miranda because they were there was speculation that oh Miranda was going to come, come out, out as, lesbian. as lesbian that makes sense yeah so it it appears that that is the direction they're going in and um but I will say the fashion is not impressing me very much it's it's an, it's not Patricia Field well right away that's a mistake and the gal they got she has made some questionable choices. the gal are we using gal again? I love gal. <laughs> hey, gal. As Ginger Minj once said, they got me, gal. Does it look good? Yes, I think so. I think it looks good. Yeah, they have some new characters. I mean, it's really sad because Willie Garson. He's just dead. I know. So and, sad. But he is. He appears. He played Stamford. Yeah, he appears on the show. So, Well, that's good. And I'm psyched to see Mario, <laughs> Mario Cantone again. I yes. adore and whom I have tried to, to get, get on, on this show numerous times. He just doesn't do interviews. Mario, if you're listening. Mario, if you're listening, we love you a lot. By the way, uh, I was Patrick and I went to Pennsylvania a few weeks ago with this uh, really close friend of his who loves her. Mm. Loves, what's her name again? Marianne Williamson. Mary Williamson? Yeah, he's yes. a fan. And I told him that we, we always quoted her on the podcast yes. going, Mr. President, if, if you're, you're listening. listening. 
I'd like you to hear me, please. Speaking of if you're listening, uh, we really have dead air right now. So if you are listening live out there, now would be a great time to call us at 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-TALK-ASS. Our... Tell us how our sound is. I think I think Gail might be mad at me. She hasn't called in in Gail. several weeks. <laughs> Gail, if you're listening. I think I may have imitated her one too many times. But yes, Jack McEnroth is uh, very panicked that he's not here yet. He keeps texting us that he's having subway issues. He should be walking in the door with his big, beautiful ass at any moment. But our phone lines are open. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> is anybody out there? Does anyone remember laughter? Is anybody, <laughs> is anybody listening? All right. Well. What else? Um, anything exciting happened this past week to you, Ryan? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Not one goddamn Actually, thing. I'm sure things have. You motherfucker. I can't keep track of time anymore. Uh, you might not time be able to space. talk about this, but what's happening with your job prospects? Oh, well, I am interviewing. Um, I Hopefully no one from work is listening to this. But um, yeah, I'm looking for uh, a new admin job. I'm. Uh, you know what I realized? My life is turning into how to succeed in business without really trying. <laughs> <laughs> in that you're putting in very little effort and you just keep rising to the top. Yes. I think that's great. I mean, I think you are kind of a uh, a Finch character yeah. in life. You're he got by on his charm and his looks and his uh, you know, manipulations. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm doing. That is Ryan Frost no, in a nutshell. No, but I um I actually have been uh working pretty hard it's been busy i mean i'm back in the office five days a week and i gotta be honest that's just not cutting it anymore like in these, yeah i mean i know you're work continuing to work from home correct uh boy wolf same thing and it's just like there are a lot of companies out there that learned something from this uh experience and have realized that they need to make their employees happy yeah, because otherwise, I mean, we're seeing it play out all over the, the country, all over the world. There's a shortage in staff in every industry. Right, and what's happening is wages are going up. Employers are ha are having to offer all kinds of new benefits, better vacation. I mean, it, it's a blessing, but in the short term, it's kind of bad because it's affecting the supply chain. It's causing yes. inflation to go up. Everyone's blaming Biden, uh -huh. but this is actually a win for the workers of America. If I, I I love my job. I work from home. I will continue to work from home. It's the perfect job for me at this stage of my life, and I like my coworkers, and I work for a good organization. But if I wanted a better job, one that paid more money and maybe gave me some more free shit, I could get one in a heartbeat, and they know that. And that means they're going to try really hard to make me and everyone else there happy. And that's how it should be. Yes. You should be appreciated and valued by your employers. You should not be treated like shit. And if anyone out there is is in a situation where you have an abusive boss or you're just doing something you hate, you will never have a better opportunity probably in your lifetime than right now to quit and find a better job because people are hiring. Yeah. Now, it depends a little bit on your skill set and on your experience. But honestly, like if you, if you ever thought about going to nursing school or learning computer coding or something like that, like now is the time. Go get your training and then like go get your six-figure job. Yeah. That so, is career counseling from Adam was. Sank. <laughs> well. I'm, Who at 50 makes less than most of his friends. 
Oh. But I'm happy. Yeah. And and I have great benefits. That's and that's really important. I mean, that's um you know, I'd love to be out there doing something cool, something creative, something really exciting. Um, but I don't want to take a pay cut. I like listen. The money's it, nice. I like money. I'm sorry. I know that's bad. I know that's greedy. I like money. I like having up, things. I'm not, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't need, you know, thousand dollar. Right. Under, you don't need to live in luxury. But, but I just like to have the things that I like to have. Right. Well, it's nice not mm. to have to struggle. Yes. You know, just to have your basic needs met and then to be able to like once in a while go out to dinner. Yes. Or take a vacation. Travel. Yes. This is how uh, most Americans lived when there was a healthy middle class. Right. When there were unions everywhere, every job, every good job was a union job and your your wages went up every year and you yeah. were guaranteed benefits and, and the, you know, not to get po- political on your ass, but the Republicans have spent the last 40 years chipping away at that bit by bit, destroying the unions, getting rid of worker protections, deregulation. They're all for deregulation and small government. What that means is that workers get fucked over. And people wind up having to work two or three minimum wage jobs just to, like, support their family. One minimum wage full-time job should be enough to support your family. That's why it's a minimum wage. It's the minimum we can pay you where you can still survive. And people can no longer survive on minimum wage jobs, although the minimum wage has gone up uh, state by state. Not in some places, but in, like, half the states, it's much, big, it's much higher than the federal minimum wage now. What does so, Sally Field say? Union. She stands up on the table and she says, Union. Hey, that barking means that our guest has arrived. Sit your fat ass down immediately. We have no time to waste. Lady, stop. Lady. Okay. Our guest today, our guest today first became known to the world as a contestant on season four of Project Runway. He has since become an OnlyFans star and is making his triumphant return to the ass. After appearing on the show back in 2018, please give a warm ass welcome back to Jack McEnroe. Yay! Hey, she, Jack. she made it. Jack, you look wonderful. Thank you. Um, thank you for your you. multiple text messages. That's always fun during a live show. Well, come on. <laughs> what, what else do you got to do? What are you doing, girl? Just chatting about nothing. You definitely tried to get here. I uh, did. And you are here. So, Jack, let's start with this. Um, how has 2021 been for you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just dive right in, shall we? Shade. Um, now it's fantastic. Good. Yeah, the last uh, five months have been really great, especially the last two. Yeah. But the first half was a little rocky, if you pay attention to social media. There's been a few things. Yeah. There's been a few things. You you went public back in June. I think it was June. Yeah. With the fact that you had relapsed um, in your addiction to various substances which ultimately ultimately led to your having a seizure yeah. and being hospitalized and going to rehab. So let me start by asking you, um, how you doing? How many how Fant- many days? Fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm not sure of my exact day count. It's about five and a half months. So yeah. since then? Yeah, yeah, since I, got out been of since I got out of rehab. I've known you... So well, hold on, let me just clarify too. That the various substances is just in the ethos. It was actually Xanax. So when you first posted, you mentioned alcohol, you mentioned meth. Well, those were never – it's complicated, of course. Addiction is complicated. Right. But they were never the, the 
the big issues. It was like, yeah, meth, meth is, is all, I'm a sober from all of it now, thankfully, but meth was there, but Xanax just took over. The benzos. And then I, I, I never really drank at all. I mean, I haven't drank alcohol seriously, but when I would get, when I would run out of Xanax, I would just drink, binge drink to just to sleep. knock yourself out. Yeah, because I, I was so dependent on it. I couldn't sleep without it. It was bad. I've known you socially since 2011. <laughs> I don't know if you recall that we were each other's New Year's Eve kiss. Oh, in yeah. 2011. Oh, my God. At Josh Judge's party in Miami. Yes, that's so funny. Um, and I've always known you to, as a sober person. Yeah. Um, I, I've been at circuit parties with you where you were the only person not high. Yeah. So how long were you actually sober and i mean sober from from all substances so in retrospect it's, it's also it's complicated because i you know oftentimes with prescription drugs people think they're sober when they're i mean it's, everyone's definition of sober is i guess sort of different sure. mine is completely sober um you know i've been in recovery from math and all, all the party drugs for a decade but i was still taking xanax as prescribed. So it was prescribed initially. When did that start? When did you first get I, a prescription? I can't remember. Oh, 15 years ago? 10, 12? And Xanax is, for people who don't know, that's a, that's a benzodiazepine yeah. that's meant as an anti-anxiety. Right. And so... But it's know, highly addictive, like most of those well, drugs. I think that, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of misinformation on Xanax. So I've learned, and I guess I was vaguely naive, which is surprising, but um, it's never supposed to be taken long term. Um, it's never supposed to be taken long term. It's a, you know it should be prescribed like really in bursts, like two me- two weeks maximum. And right. I know I just I'm to sure, get you through a traumatic. Yeah, and as time. I'm sure you know, I have friends that take it every day, or like some sort of benzo, like clonopin. Like it's very common to be like, oh, I need a zanny and a cocktail, and um, it's the devil. It's the devil. So um, yeah, I started taking it as prescribed, which is overprescribed. I had sixty one milligram pills a month. And I took them all. And then you're taking Xanax? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I only take it. I'm, I'm not a, I'm addicted to some things, but yeah, not yeah. substances. Okay. I'm more of a sex addict than a, right. than a drug addict. Um, so I have, I have it by my bed for those nights when I truly cannot sleep. Right. And I take a half of one. Right. And it knocks me out. That's the only time I've ever taken it. I don't take it. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to be awake on it. Yeah, so I, um, I'm a more person. More everything is always what I prefer. Yeah. So, yeah, I started taking one or two a day, and then I pretty much got addicted, and then I was abusing it, and then I was buying it from friends, and I was buying it off the internet. And I'm... and this was for, like you said, like 15 years? So or how, say, how many years the, was it The bad? hardcore uh, abuse was only the last couple of years. I mean, yes, I was abusing it, but I wasn't like, uh, you know, a couple months. Your life a wasn't day. unmanageable. Right. And plus, I have a really high tolerance. So, like, I could take three milligrams and watch Survivor. Wow. <laughs> so, I could just, I liked it. I would just watch TV. And um, I didn't really think it was a problem until I really, um, COVID was hard for a lot of people. I, it escalated. I, probably the last three months before I went to rehab, I was taking like eight, nine, 10 milligrams a day. Oh my God. Huge time blackout periods, two weeks at a time. You know, I don't. I look back on it on now, and I piece together the the order of events, and there's just a ton of stuff I don't remember. So, so in May, this all kind of bubbled to the surface yeah. when uh, you went online and and started making some wild accusations against your partner Dolph yeah. Dietrich, whom we had on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, 
you later recanted them and apologized, and yep. it seems to me like you guys are working things out. Yeah, I mean, I really don't want to go into all that because it was super traumatic, and I've done my due diligence to make amends and apologize and make reparations, and I've, you know, it's permanent damage, but it's, just, it's a work in progress. And we've always been deeply in love, and, you know, sometimes people who love each other hurt each other, but uh, so it was really rough, and I, you know, we're just moving on. I wish it hadn't been so public, but that was my fault. So, uh, yeah, we're, he's been awesome, honestly. Like, considering what I put him through, he had, you know, he really helped me. He put me in the car and sent me to rehab. <clears throat> you know, I, I was in the hospital. I had a seizure. I got home. I couldn't make it through the night without meds. So he came and got me, and we called Atlantic City, and I got in an Uber for two hours, and so yeah, he's been fantastic. You know, we were actually sort of talking about it briefly last night, and it's a lot, and it still is. I was crying. It's still hard, but that, uh, yeah, I mean, since in the last five months, since I've been sober, we haven't had a fight. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, he's obviously a, a, a very loving, forgiving, supportive person. Yeah. Um, without getting into the specifics, just let's just talk about like what goes on in an addict's brain. Yeah. When you're in that state, when you're at the bottom. Yeah. And you start acting out in whatever way it is. Right. What What are you trying to accomplish? What's going on in your head? So it all stemmed from a lover's quarrel, right? And then my I wasn't okay. So I'm, in, like, again, I don't remember huge. I probably don't remember 80% of it. Right. Um, but in, in the moments of vague clarity, I remember thinking, like, I thought it was logical. And what I was doing, and like it made sense. It to made you. sense in my brain, yeah. and like you know, at the at the worst, I don't know. I wrote a big, a whole big, you know, post um, about post, it. Post yeah. post on Facebook, but yeah, uh, you know, there was about a week before I went to the hospital and had a seizure where I was carrying around a big suitcase full of computers. I thought uh, the government, the FBI was following me i extreme took, paranoia oh my god i took the sim card out of my phone i deleted all my passwords like i just fucked my life um and then the three days before i went into the hospital i mean i basically my roommate at some at one point had to call 911. so i remember just being catatonic and like trying to walk my dog and wandering around stumbling and wearing the same clothes for five days um but yeah i <laughs> I remember at one point I was walking into a liquor store, which because I didn't have that act, I was just trying to numb the pain. And, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in Harlem. And it was a ratchet liquor store. And the guys in the liquor store were like, dude, are you okay? Right. They're concerned they're for They're looking over me. And I'm like, dude, you don't have any teeth. But yeah. So I, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I was not fine. So yeah, I guess you think it's fine until it's not. But then when my roommate called 911, I couldn't talk. I knew I wanted to go to the hospital, but I couldn't even facilitate it myself. Wow. Yeah. So having been through all of this and, and you're not even getting into what happened at the Atlantic City Rehab, which you that was a nightmare, it sounded like. Oh my god. Like a horror yeah, movie. I mean literally you should if you follow me on Facebook and stuff, you should read the post. It, it, it was it's quite a chapter. It will make if you've never used drugs before, it will keep you from ever wanting to well, use them. Well honestly, like I, I I can't I'm, I can't get on a soapbox in any way, shape, or form, but I do want to impart to people, like, Xanax is the devil. It really, really is. And, and like, not I, just Xanax, but that whole class oh, of Benzo. drugs. Xanax is the worst, but when I got into rehab, the, the nurses were like, they're like, what are you here for? I'm like, oh, Xanax. And they're like, oh. 
Right. That's the worst. Because the it's withdrawal the is not only psychological, but it's, very it's the physical. Wor- it's the worst physical withdrawal. And I was like, naive once again. I was like, really? Worse than heroin? And they're like, way worse. I was like, fuck me. So yeah, for five days, no, and I'm not exaggerating, I did not eat. I did not sleep. Um, I hallucinated. I had auditory hallucinations. I, I couldn't regulate my body temperature. I couldn't shower by myself. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out how to work a microwave. I couldn't remember how to work my phone. I didn't have my phone, but like they give it to us for an hour. I couldn't text. I when I went to well, the hospital, and it sounds like you were not treated with kindness and compassion. No, and you know in that place. Like you, I think a lot of people's reference for rehab and mine as well was like you know, um, twenty eight days with Sandra right, Bullock. like some bougie like, Betty yeah, Ford type right. clinic. So first of all, the other patients are not Sandra Bullock. <laughs> That's half of it. <laughs> You know, it's like half of the people that I was in rehab with were mandated by courts. Right. So, so a lot of people don't want to be there. There's tons of violence. There's people that'll sneak drugs in. It's it's like prison. It's a lot like yeah. prison, except for they have sofas. <laughs> right. So they don't they treat you like shit. Like I kept saying for the first five or six days when I was I I really didn't know that physical withdrawals were going to be like that. Um, and I I was just I'd lie on the ground crying and be like, help me, help me, and people would just walk by me. Like, Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy and relieved that you got through it. Yeah. And that you're healthy. And yeah. do, I know it's a day by day thing, but can you ever imagine after having gone through this, putting one of those pills in your mouth again? Uh, no. And I've had opportunities. Like, you're um, always going to have opportunities. Oh, for sure. Like, in, and listen, I, if I wanted to seek it out, I certainly could. But I've had situations like where I was getting my teeth leached and the doctor was like, oh, do you want a Valium? Because it can be kind of painful and anxiety. But I was like, hell no. Like, so, uh, no, I will never, ever, you know, you don't want to see never and you right. want to be vigilant. But I I was actually listening to Dolph this week. I was like, for the first month, this is the first month or so that I actually feel really good in my sobriety. Like, I just don't, like, there are moments, of course, where I'm like, I don't think about, I do think about doing it, of course. Like, right. you have anxiety and you're like, I hate anxiety. Right. Um, and it's a fleeting thought, but it's just sort of there or, you know, we, a lot of times we want to escape our feelings. That's why people drink and that's why people do various things. But I just don't anymore. And actually, you know, strangely, I guess, my I don't have anxiety anymore. I don't. Amazing. I, I sleep so much better. Like, and it's a freaking journey. Trust me. I'm like, you know, I talked to my psychiatrist two days ago and I'm still, I'm just very cognizant of how I feel and how I'm sleeping and, you know, it. it I'm very in tune to how I'm feeling, and I'm I'm I am vigilant about it. But I feel fantastic. I feel better than I've honestly ever felt. That's great, Jack. Yeah. All right, we're gonna really turn things around and just do a couple minutes. Let's of, talk about fisting. We're basically we are. We're gonna do ask me no questions. Hit it, JB. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Well, speaking of fisting, what's the biggest thing you've ever had shoved up your ass? Oh, uh, Dolph's hand. I think that was his answer too. His answer was your hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the strangest thing someone's asked you to do sexually with them um, or for them? Yeah, stra- strangely, there's a lot of scat. Oh. I know. I can't. I mean, I don't do that. And no judgment. I really try not to judge people's kinks. But there's surprisingly a lot of people that I want think to I eat, would sh- freeze eat, up. Sh- eat shit. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't. No, thank you. Um, are you watching the current season of Project Runway? Yeah. Who is your favorite designer so far? So let me just preface it by I couldn't watch Lifetime. It wouldn't went to Lifetime. I thought it was really rough. I and agree. I, I think it's so much better now. Yeah, back I on Bravo. I love Christian. We were me te- too. We were texting because I'm so friendly with him. You were on the same season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was my little buddy on the show. So um, he's hysterical. I think out of the season 
16, 17, 18 is the current season. This is the weakest one for me. Oh. So um, I, I don't have a standout. I like the red, the red mustache guy. Oh, yeah. The, who I makes those really weird he has, looking. He's a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I actually like the girl who does the fabric painting, the Holly Hobby girl. I think she has a great point of view. Oh, she's my least favorite. I know, but I think <laughs> she she, looks she's like a really clown. good at sewing. She's like Punky Brewster. I know, but she's really good at sewing, and she's original. So um, I can't really even think of other people that I'm like, oh, they're fierce. I think most people need to go home. <laughs> Shade. Yeah. Which Shade. which porn stars do you uh, Oh my, that was the wrong thing. Uh, which porn st- actually that's good for the next question. Yes. <laughs> which porn stars do you jerk off to? I don't watch porn. Oh, good for you. Yeah. What's something that turns most guys on but does nothing for you? Um uh slapping ass. Oh, mm, I'm I surprised. Hate I hate it. I like my it. My ass is very sensitive. I don't like it. I like it when someone knows how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the best advice your mother ever gave you? Go to college. <laughs> okay. She's very pragmatic. <laughs> um, okay, I asked you this in 2018. Let's see if you give the same answer. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, fuck me. Uh, Jason Statham? He's, oh, Statham. Statham. Um, he's one of them. Oh, fuck. Uh I don't know. What did I say? So what you said was, I don't have celebrity crushes. I'm not into celebrities. I guess I'll say Linda Evangelista. Oh, yeah, Linda. Yes. <laughs> Linda although lately she went off the, the edge a little bit with her, you know, her oh, little no. thing. Is what she happened? an anti... She, no, she had um, that cryogenic free, fat freezing thing, and I guess it kind of fucked up her body, and she went off, and like she's suing them, and it's sort of... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, she's like disfigured. Poor quote, Linda. Which means she probably has like a lump. I don't know. Yeah, I love Linda. I don't really do celebrities, but uh, uh, to- or Dolph made me have a... Um, Pass. So his is Jake Gyllenhaal, I believe, and so if he meets Jake Gyllenhaal, in a, book, a pass. In a I mean, can fuck him. you guys have sex with other people all the time. So it's, like... it's interesting. So our rules are um, we are monogamous in our head, unless we're filming or working. So we don't have sex with other people, like for fun. We don't. Interesting. Uh-huh. You're going to continue with the OnlyFans? I guess, yeah. Until I'm not. I mean, I go back to school in December. I'll complete my fifth degree. It's an esthetician degree, and I'll probably move to Florida and do skin. So then it'll phase out. But yeah, I like it now. It's fine. What is your idea of perfect happiness? It's a James uh, Lipton question. Yeah, I know that is. Um, there, well, I think in, in all of life, there's no end goal. There's, it's all right. sort of a process. You don't get happy and then you're like, I'm fucking happy. But if you just, uh, in, like if you fantasize yeah, yeah. about that looks like happiness. No, for me, it's, um, I'm really, really close. It's me and Dolph in a house in Lauderdale with our dog and... Um, he'll be doing graphic design and I'll be doing skin. Esthetizing people. Yeah, I'll be, I'll look the same for the rest of my fucking life. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Jack, I'm so happy that you came in. Thank Thank you for talking to us. Best of luck to you on your continued journey. I love you and Dolph a lot. I love you too, baby. Thank you for having me. Oh, how can people follow you? (laughs) Oh, I'm just Jack McEnroth on fucking everything. Even on the, the, the dirty ones. Yep. I I just, I owned it. You you guys should watch him. He's fun to watch. (laughs) Um, Ryan and JB, please plug yourselves. You can follow me at Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at StockingAnarchy12 only on Instagram. Why do you look so confused, JB? Uh, Not looking confused. I'm having vision problems, apparently, but we got Oh, dear. JB's having a stroke. Um, (laughs) My thanks to all three of you. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, Ass Doctor to the Stars, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Do you know him, Jack? Do I? 
He's a famous ass doctor in New York City. He does uh, everyone's mine's, hole. Mine's pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com and the DNR Cast app. Don't forget to order your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me your dick pics at adam at adamsank.com. Once again, thank you to that listener who sent in that big, thick dick pic from Texas. More of that, please. We appreciate it. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.